When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And the game is over. Message sent to the rugby world. The All Blacks. An intimidating performance. They have thumped Italy. Crushed Italy. Destroyed them. By 96 points to 17 in Leon. Christian Cullen. Wow. How do you sum up that? Well... I mean, I think if people have got a problem or an issue or not happy with that performance, then they've got rocks in their head. Yeah, Christian Cullen, bang on in the money as far as I'm concerned. If you find a way to be miserable about that, you've got rocks in your head. One man who does not have rocks in his head, uh, he's got rocks in his arms, uh, rugby writer extraordinaire, good f- uh, friend of SCNZ, Jamie Wall joins the programme. How are you doing, sir? Morning, Snakey. Good, thanks, mate. Um, and just before we wrap into the rugby, I just want to say I'm very, very glad I stayed up last night to watch a grand final. What a game. Um, what sport is all about. And also, what a weekend of grand finals in Australia as well, because I don't know if there's anyone out there who follows AFL, but that was a fantastic game as well. And uh, shame for Brisbane, uh, because they lost, lost both of them, but two absolutely epic, epic matches. The only criticism I can make is we had too much good sport in one weekend. Surely we can draw that out a little bit more, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Um, obviously, uh, there's a lesson there learned that um, you shouldn't um, party too hard when there's too much sport on, otherwise you end up like Hawks Bay did uh, on Sunday afternoon. But anyway, the, the All Blacks, I think, uh, is what we're, what we're obviously talking about. And I, I have to agree with, with Cully there on, on the call that there's not really too much you can criticise the All Blacks uh, there for other than, um, you know, perhaps not bringing up a hundred points <laughs> because uh, it was it was on, it was on it was on there for a while. They they stuck on ninety six, not out. Uh, but they went out and did exactly what they had to do. The most pleasing thing for me out of that game is how well those guys who had been injured slotted straight back in, especially Jordy yes. Barrett. Um, and you know, obviously, he got some great front football there and made some real incisions into the midfield, which kind of just set up the the flogging that that, that that followed. You know, he was the one that put in that cross kick for Jordan. And it's one of those, it was one of those tries where if you're the other team, you're like, oh, man, if they're doing that after about three, four minutes, what are we in for for the rest of the game? But it was really it really did start up front. I thought scrum went, went really well, and, and that was down to uh, Tyrell Lomax coming back. And uh, that was just really good to see. So I think... Also, the most important thing is they managed to get through it without any any uh, foul play issues, uh, which is great because that's obviously what happened against Namibia in another game that was, you know, always going to be one way traffic, and they managed to stay out of out of red card territory. In fact, I don't really think there was any foul play in the entire game. I can't remember any any high shots getting getting penalised. So. I guess well done to both teams. But in saying that, um, the Italians didn't like, look like they wanted to be tackling at all, let alone high, high tackles. So, you know, that, that helped, helped the referee out a, a lot, I thought. Yeah, one of the very contemporary questions I often hear in uh, rugby circles is the all-black aura gone. Uh, and I always look at it, 
well, it depends who you're playing, right? I, for Ireland, South Africa, England, um, I, I would say no, it's not what it once was because they've done so much winning. But, but I'm sorry, uh, Italy, the aura suffocated them after a sort of 15, 20 minutes. You could see it in their eyes, Jamie. They were completely devastated after 15, 20 minutes. They, they knew just pain was coming. Yeah, well, it had already happened. I mean, they were, I think after about 15 minutes, already down like 21 to 3. And it was clearly going to be the All Blacks day, you know, a, a day where just everything went right. All the bounces of the ball went the right way. And you talk about the aura, and, and I mean, I kind of agree to a point that it's not what it once was, but I feel like that's just because... There is just a, there are just more test matches these days, and yes. the All Blacks aren't sort of really as mysterious as they as they used to be because you can easily watch Super Rugby from the other side of the world, and you can you know you see them up in the Northern Hemisphere every year, so there's a lot of familiarity uh, with the guys who are playing uh, against the Northern Hemisphere teams at the moment. But I, I still feel that you know no matter how poorly the All Blacks have been playing, especially over the last few years, that there is no win that's treasured more by opposition teams than that over over the All Blacks. I mean, even just to, for a team like Italy, just flip the script and say they showed up and the All Blacks had a, had a bad day, you know, and they, and they sort of managed to push them to sort of within 20 points. That would probably be the highlight of most of those guys' careers. Uh, so I, I don't... I, I take the whole All Black Oregon um, uh, conversation, which seems to pop up every time they... They, they lose, uh, you know, and, th- and this is not just over the last few years. This, is, this has been happening sort of forever. Uh, you, you really kind of need to take that with a he- healthy helping assault because, yeah, they, they the, the prestige they're held with overseas, and, you know, you and I were in France not that long ago, and you can see just how much uh, it means to people to have the All Blacks just even in their, just, just their backyard, yeah. uh, let alone to win against them. Indeed. Is that the... Top All Black 23. Of course, some changes possibly could be made, like an Ethan DeGroote if he's available. Uh, you know, there could be some tinkering. You know, Sam Kane probably comes back into the, the starting lineup. But but is that the 23? Yeah, I, I think those those two are the, probably the changes that I, uh, you could probably see being made for a, for a quarterfinal. Um, yeah, DeGroote, DeGroote coming back in um, is, you know, o- obvious because otherwise they wouldn't have fought his suspension as hard as they did. And Kane's the captain, so so he's coming back. It's a, it's a bit of a shame for Dalton Papali, because I thought he had a really, really good game. I thought he did a lot of the blue-collar work that just set up the, all the front football um, and and did quite a bit of tackling in the, in the sort of uh, rare times that Italy actually did have the ball. And I, I just think he's been playing really well. So it's, it's kind of a shame that the... The makeup of the squad means that he may well he's, he's going to either drop to the bench or sort of out of the squad completely, depending on what they want to do. Um, and it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see what they do with Sam Whitelock actually, because I mean you're starting locks right now. You'd think of Rotelic and Barrett, and Frizzell again came back in and had a very uh, useful day out there as well, and sort of picked up where he left off. So where does that leave? leave Whitelock now does he you know does he does he finish his career on the bench it seems like a somewhat ignominious way for a guy like that to go out especially considering we've spent we're into now our third week because now he's going to be playing as if he gets named against Uruguay uh going to be playing his 150th game so we've had him equaling Richie McCaw's record beating Richie McCaw's record now playing 150 games so it's been three weeks straight 
of Samuel Whitelock, um, King the Plaudits, uh, while he's <laughs> been slipping down the depth chart. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure where he ends up at the end of this World Cup. Yeah, interesting points for for sure. Meantime, it's uh, South Africa 28, Tonga 8. Tonga hot on attack with uh, 12 and a half minutes gone into the second half of their Rugby World Cup game. Uh, the scrum, uh, I've got to make mention of it, a couple of clean tight heads, like sort of Jonah Loma rugby type tight heads. It was remarkable, the scrum dominance. Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I, again, I don't know how much you can read into that, though, um, the, you know, given... They, lo- they lost their the best war- prop after 20 minutes, didn't they, Jamie? So you're probably yeah, right. Exactly, exactly. And, I mean, they're not exactly a very well-renowned team for scrummaging. I mean, I am really disappointed with Italy. Like, I think that needs to be made yeah. clear. Like, they did not play anywhere near what they're capable of. Like, they, there was a, there's a bit of chat around them about how they could potentially push the All Blacks if they had a bad day. And they just got nowhere near it. Like, they were even worse than they, they usually are when they play the All Blacks. I mean, this is a team that came in with, a, I think, the score, the average score uh, between the two games was, um, uh, between the two sides was 55 to 9 to the, to, to the All Blacks. So, you know, it's a team that really gets, is like a deer in the headlights uh, when, they, um, when they play the All Blacks. So... Uh, but in saying that, it's the World Cup. Like they, they shouldn't know him better. Like you know, I, I just wonder what the state of Italian rugby is. They've been in the Six Nations now for almost 25 years, and they've really not managed to do much with it. They've got a couple of really good players in there, uh, but until they can, you know, pull it all together, they're, they're all playing professionally in France. I just, yeah, I just, I just wonder why we keep sort of giving them enough. You know, uh, when I say we, I mean like the rugby world is sort of banking on Italy being good at some stage when we've got Tonga, Fiji and Samoa out there struggling uh, and contributing a lot uh, to, to world rugby right now. Uh, Jamie Wall is with us. Uh, last question about the weekend of uh, Rugby World Cup action. Did we all breathe a collective sigh of relief when Fiji turned up after half time against Georgia? I love Georgia, but it's good for world rugby, Fiji. You know, get the win there, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I've, it's, it's, it's interesting because I think it's the first time I've ever seen Fiji sort of uh, put in that situation uh, and then managed to kind of rugby their way out of it by consolidating, playing some good, solid first phase, kicking well, and then waiting, waiting really patiently for their turn to strike and use the the, the skill and ability that we know that Fijian rugby has. Uh, with the with the offloads to set up two really really good tries uh, that they scored. Uh, and saying that, I mean it's it's kind of while they did win ugly, uh, which is a which is a good sign, you know, for a Test match team. You know, it's it's not often you see uh, a team like Fiji dig themselves out of a hole, so to speak. But at the same yeah. time, I think they kind of need to find a bit of form um, if they're going to have a shot against what you know what looks to be a, a much improved England side uh, that they're going to be playing in the quarter final. Uh, Tonga have scored. It's now 28 points to 13, 15 minutes into the second half, uh, going over in the right-hand corner. Hey, lastly, Jamie, uh, we've got to touch on it. You know, congratulations to Hawks Bay uh, going to Wellington, uh, beating the previously unbeaten Wellington Lions to steal the Ram Furley Shields. Uh, I don't know if you want to talk too much about the game or just pivot on to what has happened after it. Well, I think the game's irrelevant now, really. Like, it's, yeah. I mean, they they took they took the shield. They've they've disgraced themselves by 
uh, breaking it, not only breaking it, but, but, I mean, how dumb can you be to film it and then put it on social media and then let it get out? And for, for everyone having a laugh, the Falau, um, uh, Fakatawa, you know, holding the sh- to what's left of the Ramfilly Shield in both of his hands, like, yeah, it is funny, I guess, because it's, you know, some drunken idiots doing something stupid. But, I mean, just the lack of respect, man. Like, just the lack of, of care. And then, it's like, I get it. You know, it's Ramfilly Shield. There's, there's a million stories about it getting broken and, and abused and what the captain gets to do on it after they win it and everything. And, like, yeah, that's part of that's part of rugby tradition history. But to film it and then put it out there for everyone to see, knowing full well like how quickly that gets around. It's like, how dumb are you guys, man? Like, if you should... if, if if there's, there's been calls for it, for them to forfeit it and give it back to Wellington, I mean, if nothing else, they should forfeit it for just being a pack of idiots. And, I mean, like, it just... And also, the other thing is it just kind of sadly just says a bit about the state of provincial rugby just in general right now. It kind of just sadly yeah. kind of encapsulates it. I mean, we can crap on about Hawks Bay breaking it, but Wellington defended it in front of, what, 600 people? You know, who are probably yeah, mostly that- their, their, their families, their families and friends. So, I mean, as a, as a Wellingtonian, it's like, yeah, I'm sad to see it go. But at the same time, we, you can't say we were great holders of the shield at all. Oh. Um, and then, then for this to happen, I talked to Jay Campbell, the Hawks Bay CEO, last night, and he said, well, we didn't have any plans to have a victory parade or anything like that, so it hasn't changed what we're going to do. And I was like, well, you're, you're a, you know, not an urban province. You know, you're a, you're a strong rugby entity. The fact that you win it, and you're not even going to have some sort of public celebration. It says a lot about sort of where it does. Where, where the Ramfilly Shield and where provincial rugby sits in New Zealand's sporting landscape for the moment. And, and that's the saddest thing of all, I think. Uh, Jamie, I'll let you go. Uh, you may want to go check out the New Zealand Herald. The New Zealand Herald has uh, published an article in the last 15 minutes that New Zealand rugby are investigating an image which has been shared online of white powder on the broken Ramfilly Shield following Hawke's Bay's victory over Wellington on Saturday. Um, so yeah, yeah. Uh, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're active on social media, um, we've all already seen it. So yeah, I'm interested to see what happens there. Good on you, Jamie. Thanks so much for your time, mate. Do appreciate it. Yes, thank you, mate. You owe me a bit. Yeah, I do. I owe you about three. I think actually, I think about three. Um, shame they don't serve any um, Saint Stephanos back here in New Zealand. Some mass. Uh, Stefanos sits apart beers, as I called them in France. I absolutely love those, Jamie. Oh, great drop, great drop. But we had a lot, we had a lot to drink and eat over there. So um, yeah, let's do that again sometime. <laughs> I look forward to that, Jamie Wall. Looking at uh, the All Blacks' uh, outstanding display against uh, Italy, uh, Georgia nearly breaking our hearts and getting up and beating uh, Fiji wasn't the case. And then, um, unfortunately, yeah, really unfortunate circumstances. Two thing, two things come to mind. Um, and I want to talk directly to Hawks Bay players. Come on, come on, come on, Hawks Bay rugby. Come in close, come in close. This is the second sermon. I'll give it to you for free. Come in close. Listen up. What the did you do to it? Seriously, what did you do to it? Really? Tell us, because not a single person with two eyes open believes it fell on the floor. No one does. No one believes you. And seriously. How moronic are you to film it and allow said video to get out? Dumb and Dumber. We've got, a, we've got another sequel to Dumb and Dumber. 
And who repairs the shield? And I bet whoever does is bloody sick and tired of this crap. Would bring them to tears, I reckon. And come in nice and close, NZR. Come in nice and close. Listen, listen up. If this piece of rugby history, which apparently represents so much to New Zealand rugby, why? Because we are told this, we are told this by those within the New Zealand rugby community, perhaps it's time to show it a modicum of respect. It's been replaced, rebuilt and repaired so many times over the years, but it sure ain't respected to me. It is a great point of difference in world sport, this one. The nature of the contest, you know, challenge system, the length this has been going around, it really could be a centrepiece of your domestic game. Uh, we'll follow the story with great uh, interest, I am sure.